Changes galore in Columbus, Ohio. That's where we go on the next step of the collegefootballnews.com podcast. As always, I'm Nick Shepkowski alongside Pete Futek. Bobby up? Carpenter, 97-1, the fan in Columbus. Get up and on ESPN, NFL and college football analyst for them. And, oh, former Ohio State Buckeye as well. He joins us shortly to preview what happens down in Columbus with their football team this year. But changes all over the place. Ryan Day in at head coach is Urban Meyer departs. Justin Field steps in at quarterback as Dwayne Haskins takes off and goes to the NFL. Changes aplenty. Expectations remain the same. I, they have to be. I mean, you're Ohio State. You're supposed to win the Big Ten Championship. You're supposed to go to the college football playoff. You're supposed to win national championships. I, there's got to be a little bit of a transition. I mean, it's you don't just replace one of the greatest head coaches in the history of college football. And yeah, yeah, Urban Meyer had his, you know, forget the off the field stuff. He had his flaws here and there. His teams didn't get up for a couple games over the last couple seasons, but they were amazing at times. They should have gone to uh, at least one more college football playoff than they did. Do a little bit more to get in the national championship hunt after that first time around. There's going to be a drop off. I'm still, I still want to see it with Justin Fields. You're really talking about a guy who has no real appreciable experience. Experience who has to take over for a guy who put up 50 touchdown passes and was a first-round draft pick. The defense has to be better. they got to go to Ann Arbor. There's a whole lot of question marks this year and what I do think is a transitional year. Yeah, definitely a transitional year, but has the potential to be a special year in Columbus. I mean, they figure to be a top-five, top-seven team at worst when the preseason rankings and polls come out. But I think it starts with Justin Fields. Obviously, the head coach is a huge part in Ryan Day. You addressed that a little bit. But Justin Fields has the potential to be, I mean, if all things go right with him and the expectations are met, he's going to be the biggest, biggest... Transferred through was in college football. He, he this was past supposed year. to be, remember it was Trevor Lawrence. Depending on which recruiting service you liked, it mm-hmm. was Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, number one and one A on the on the list. So you're talking about a guy who is supposed to come in and be a transcendent talent, and that's certainly what Tre- Trevor Lawrence goes out there and did. What thirty touchdowns, four interceptions, right. and, and won a national title. And like title. I've told you multiple times, Trevor Lawrence is going to leave college football after three years and be the most decorated college football player of all time. But that's more for another podcast. Yeah, and you're a very silly human being. But that's well that's like you said for another day. I I think this is going to be a bit more of a this, this is going to be one of those years this is why I'm picking Michigan to go to the uh, college football playoff where you have the one down year to come roaring back. And that just kind of seems where Ohio State's going to be this year. But the problem problem with that is the bar has been set at Lincoln Riley. It's been set at Oklahoma. What was what were they going to do when Bob Stoops left? Well, Bob Stoops also left a heater of a team and Riley did a great job with Baker Mayfield and things kept on rolling, even got even better. Now it's up to Ryan Day to make this team even more consistent, even stronger. Yeah, Bobby Carpenter coming up in moments from 97 won the fan in Columbus, former Buckeye himself. Get to him in just a couple of minutes here, but it's a manageable schedule for Ohio State. I think early on they benefit from playing not a ton out of conference, and they get the benefit from that. And offense gets to find its rhythm against some of the easier foes. But it's a Big Ten schedule that is, if you're picking out the five hardest teams to play, if you're Ohio State in the Big Ten, I think the argument can be made that Ohio State's playing each and every one of those. Well, five. welcome to life in the Big Ten. You know, East, the hardest, second hardest division in college football outside of the SEC West. So. Uh, yeah, but even their crossover games. You look at Nebraska's it scary. Get, they almost lost. They had they got pushed to the limit by them last year. Wisconsin you have to go there right. this year. Yeah. It's no, they're going to get pressed. I, I again, I think this is one of those seasons where 
I, I'm not going to be bold enough to start saying nine and three, but yeah, they this could be a nine and three caliber team. And it's like, oh my gosh, the, the, the transition isn't working. And then they come rip roaring back and go like, you know, 15 and 0 the next year. Yeah, that's Pete Futek. I'm Nick Shepkowski. It's the collegefootballnews.com podcasts. Ohio State's defense will be better than last year. So much to get to with that. We take a quick pause before bringing in our guest, Bobby Carpenter, 97 won the fan in Columbus, get up NFL college and football analyst, as well as a former Buckeye himself. Who better to, than him to break down with this whole? Ohio State team is going to be. Right after our discussion, we'll be predicting what's going to happen this year with the Buckeyes. Be sure to subscribe and check out all the collegefootballnews.com podcasts on the site, iTunes, and wherever you like to download and listen. And also go to sportsbookwire.com where Few's going to be cranking out his college football predictions all season long. USA Today Sports is new sportsbook wire, sports betting tips, picks, and analysis for the casual and rookie sports better. Time again to check out an expert on the Ohio State Buckeyes, none other than Bobby Carpenter, 97-1, the fan in Columbus, the NFL and college analyst on Get Up on ESPN television as well. Bobby, thanks for your time. What's happening, man? Uh, not too much. Just happy to be talking to you guys. Excellent. So what is your mood? What have you been seeing out of the Ohio State fans with the switch from the Urban Meyer era to Robin or to Ryan Day, uh, with Justin Fields coming in? Is there kind of an attitude that this is a little bit of a a rebuilding year? Is there is it still Big Ten title or bust? What do, what's the mood of the fan base at the moment? Well, I think you know they obviously lost a, a number of very talented players the NFL draft and you know Dwayne Haskins being the most notable but I think with the arrival and the immediate eligibility of Justin Fields that kind of changes a lot of it you know he's you know, I think he's actually the highest rated recruit that Ohio State has ever landed even though the fact that they didn't recruit him out of high school he transferred in from Georgia so there's a lot of excitement there with him uh, he's obviously going to be different than Dwayne Haskins but you know Ryan Day doesn't have any head coaching experience other than the three games he had here but Based upon what he's done there, I think his presence in the community, how he's handled himself, the roster they have coming back, I think that people are not expecting any type of drop-off. When, when you've gone, I think, 16-2 and two against Michigan in the last 18 years, I don't think that there's really going to be a lot of tolerance for them uh, for any lack of success, if you will, once they, uh, once they strap it up in, in November, and they're going to want to make sure that they're rolling into that game undefeated. So... You know, Ohio State, it's, it's more of a reload than a rebuild culture, and I think people initially thought there may be a step back, but, you know, Justin Fields coming here, and with the recruiting, that's kind of changed everything. You mentioned the excitement of Justin Fields and the recruiting and the five stars that he went to Georgia with. We know about the excitement. What do we know about him as a college quarterback? Yeah, he's a lot different than Dwayne Haskins. I've talked to uh, some people in the SEC, Laura Relicho, who was on Get Up, who does a lot for SEC Network, and watched him down at Georgia, and you know, he's not Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne was a pocket passer. He's a guy who you know, wasn't a terrific athlete. He was mobile in the pocket, had a great pocket presence, but wasn't someone who's going to make a living with his legs. Dwayne Haskins is a little – he's got a good arm. Or not Dwayne Haskins. Uh, Justin Fields has a good arm, and he needs to continue to work on his accuracy and to develop that. But you know, he's a really thick, explosive athlete. You know, he's probably weighing in around 225, 230. He's got good speed. He's got big, solid legs. They're going to incorporate some of the running game with him as well, just to utilize some of that, and especially when the play breaks down to allow him to scramble some. Like that's going to be a big piece of the offense. 
And you're going to start to see some more pro aspects, I think, trickle in as Ryan Day puts his hands a little bit more on this offense with Urban Meyer gone, and it will kind of, kind of uh, you know, take on his style a little bit. There's going to be a lot of carryover, but I think you'll start to see some more pro elements and maybe even, maybe even Justin Fields under center. Yeah, it drove me kind of nuts last year when Dwayne Haskins, the, the, the complaint against him was, oh, he's not running enough RPO. Yeah, because he's throwing for 500 yards and putting up these historically amazing passing numbers. It, 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 but just didn't feel like the Ohio State offense had its rhythm, as crazy as that sounds, considering the guy put up 50 score throwing passes. Are they going to use Dobbins more? Are they going to use the run more? Is this going to be more kind of like the, the Barrett, Braxton Miller kind of Buckeyes? Or what, what's Ryan Day going to do? Do that's different. That's going to pivot back, or what's he going to do to, to go forward with the Buckeye offense? Well, they're obviously going to rely a lot on J.K. Dobbins. You know, he's the experienced guy in the backfield. They've got a really talented group of receivers coming back, even though they lost uh, three guys that were fifth-year seniors in Paris Campbell, Johnny Dixon, Terry McLaurin, and, and two of those guys being drafted in the second, third round. So you know they, they did lose a lot, but I think you're going to start to see a little bit more, you know, quarterback run a little more of what Urban did a little bit earlier on when he had J.C. I don't think they're going to run him quite as much. And the amazing paradigm for the Ohio State fan base is when J.C. Barrett was here, they wanted somebody that could throw the ball more. And then with Dwayne Haskins, everyone complained that on third and three, why aren't we running it? So it's with the quarterback. So it's, it was an unbelievable... Wait, wait, so you're paradigm. saying Ohio State fans aren't happy? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, I don't know who exactly you want to play quarterback. Some combination of Tom Brady and Bo Jackson, but it's uh, it's it's going to be a little bit different. I think they're going to kind of feel their way out because you know each team is unique unto itself. And Ryan Day, the one thing I love about him is you know he has a system, but he he's going to craft the system to the talent he has. And every year they're going to have different strengths and different weaknesses just based on personnel. So it's going to be exciting to kind of see how they they evolve over the first three or four games. Can the defense pick up the slack a little bit more? Last year, there, there were so many shootouts. Obviously, the Maryland game was a nightmare. Obviously, the Purdue game was a disaster when nobody could seem to tackle. Is How much better is this defense going to be this time, and will it have to carry the offense at times? Yeah, you know what? I think this defense could could potentially carry this team if they needed to. Last year, I think that they had the talent to do it, but after Nick Bosa went down and then Greg Shelton, some of the things that they were running, I don't know if they fully utilized the personnel in the best way. And this year, you know, Greg Madison having some conversations with him at halfway, like both of those guys, it's all about, you know, we're going to keep it a little more simple and we're going to look at the guys we have and figure out what they do well, what they don't, and we're going to put those guys in positions to, to utilize their abilities. And it sounds simple, but not, not all coaches do that. Some coaches just, they're going to sit there and this is our system and you know what, I don't care if it doesn't really fit you all that well, you're going to run it and you're going to run it well. And it doesn't work like that. You saw them struggle last year. So they've, they've changed some things. They've looked really good in spring ball. And I'm excited to see some of these guys who maybe last year, quote, underachieved, but being able to play a little different style, a little different system, I think is going to accentuate their abilities. How favorable or, t- or team-friendly for the kind of restructuring Ohio State's had is that first month of the schedule? Florida, Atlantic, Cincinnati, at Indiana, and Miami of Ohio at home before going to Lincoln and taking on Nebraska in a Michigan State game to kick off October. How team-friendly is that? How beneficial is that to have those first three games, four games to open with? You know, when you're breaking in a, a quarterback who hasn't played a whole lot, just transferred in, and a you know, first-time head coach, I think it is very beneficial. And 
you know, Ohio State has a pretty tough non or pretty tough conference schedule this year with their crossover games being Nebraska and Wisconsin. So they play really the toughest five teams in the Big Ten this year. Um, one thing that's interesting, you, know, you talk about there not being a tough game. I think that is beneficial in the non-conference. You don't get tested, but then you also don't have the ability to pick up that loss, and you can maybe grow a little bit. But it's funny. I mean, I'm curious to see what the narrative around college football will be because there was supposed to be a return game with TCU, and they canceled the back end of that. And so that's why they were forced to pick up Florida Atlantic this year because TCU bailed out of the second half of the of the contract. So I'm just curious to see how that narrative is going to play out, especially if Ohio State was rolling into the Michigan game undefeated and people start, you know, obviously clamoring, well, how tough was their schedule? You know, you can only schedule the games, and I guess if people pull out on pull out on their deal, it's, it's tough to find a team last minute that's going to be up to the caliber you want them to be. I hate the idea that oh you're in the Big Ten your schedule's fine you're you're gonna it's going to be okay yes you have to play DeAndre Francois in Florida Atlantic and Cincinnati's good but you're, it, it, everything's gonna be okay if you're playing a Big Ten schedule at the end so what do you see so far I mean I know, know we only have spring practice to go off of but in what ways do you think Ryan Day is going to be a a, a better fit than maybe Urban was at the end of his era here. Well, I mean, Urban, he had a system, and it was tried and true, and he ran it. One of the things, you know, and he was who he was personality-wise. Ryan is much different personality-wise than Urban, and that's just the product of who he is and his upbringing. And like, your personality is kind of your personality. It's shaped by your experiences and your events that have happened in your life. And so Ryan Day, I think he's a little younger. This is the first time in my history of being associated with Ohio State that I'm much closer to the head coach's age than I am to the player's. I mean, he just turned, I think, 40 years old. He's a young guy. He's doing an unbelievable job recruiting. It's been absolutely fantastic. This upcoming 2020 class, maybe a top three or four class in the country. He's doing a terrific job, really bringing in some big-time guys. And, you know, that, that's the secret to it is to make sure you have the talented guys to be able to employ your system. So you're going to see a little more pro-style stuff. But, you know, I think it's, there's going to be a lot of elements that you saw in Urban's offense. But Ryan Day is his own man, and he's made that perfectly clear. Like Urban is his number one influence, but he's not Urban Meyer. And he's really owned that and done a great job. For a guy who's from New Hampshire who doesn't have a ton of college coaching experience, he's fully embraced Ohio, the state, the coaches here in the state, the rivalry with Michigan, and all of those things that are important. And he's wrapped two arms around it. And people ask, well, what are you going to do if you don't win, beat Michigan and win the national championship? And you know, it's one of the best responses you can have. And he would always kind of chuckle, and he's like, well, what if I do? And so he's got that, you know, that subtle confidence about him, and he's not a big yeller, he's not a big screamer, but guys really respect him. And I've enjoyed watching him in spring ball, just the team kind of embrace his energy and attitude and, you know, the youthful exuberance that you know, sometimes can get lost in a guy who's been a head coach for almost 20 years. When December comes around, what's the story on the 2019 Ohio State Buckeyes going to be? I would be surprised if this is a team that doesn't look a whole lot like what they've looked like in the past. And I'm not talking about you know the team that struggled last year on defense and then you know scored a million points, but just a team that, when you look record-wise, is probably cruising into you know the, the Michigan game either undefeated, potentially with one loss, and a chance to go to the Big Ten championship of a national title on the line. Those are the expectations here, and they have the talent to do it. And I have a lot of faith and confidence in Ryan Day that he's going to be able to pull that off. Bobby Carpenter, 97, won the fan in Columbus. Get up. You catch that on ESPN. He's the NFL and college analyst there. Appreciate you taking the time. Some great stuff on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Thanks a lot, Bobby. I appreciate it, gentlemen.
Scott Steen, he's the lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. We love talking to him on the collegefootballnews.com podcast. I'm Nick Shepkowski along Pete Futek. Got to wrap up some Ohio State Buckeyes conversation and give some predictions of our own this year. Scott, how you see the Buckeyes playing out this fall? You know, I think the Buckeyes are going to be a little disappointing this season. I'm not uh, I'm not so sure what Ryan Day is going to do there. It's uh, you know, he stepped in when when Meyer was out last year. He went 3 and 0, but I'm worried about Ryan Day, and, you know, I'm, I'm worried. Yeah, obviously, I'm worried about Justin Fields stuff, uh, stepping in for Dwayne Haskins. He's a, uh, he's a once-in-a-generation talent with Haskins, and I'm just not, uh, I, I'm just not necessarily sold on him. He's an interesting case. He was a highly touted kid down there um, in Georgia. They let him, they let him out uh, because of, a, of, kind of a, kind of a new thing with the NCAA because of uh, racial slurs that were used by one of the baseball players. So he got to transfer immediately. Uh, I'm kind of curious to see what he does. I think that the, I think the learning curve could be a little steep, and I think they may pay the price and uh, lose a game or two that they normally wouldn't with Dwayne Haskins. I'm a professional, and I'm used to getting yelled at and call, being called an idiot, like Y-O-U-R, you're an idiot, on a daily basis about 150 right. times. And so sometimes when I'm predicting, I'm trying to make sure that I don't make picks based on not wanting to get yelled at and trying to figure out which fan base do I feel like getting yelled at today. If it, But there's a part of me that kind of thinks... This could be nine and three or eight and four. There's just like you said, there's something missing there. They could lose at Nebraska. They could lose to Penn State. They could lose to Michigan State. They could lose at Michigan. They're just if Justin Fields isn't great or heaven forbid gets hurt, this could be bad, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and the other thing that worries me, not only did they lose uh, three three great receivers, you know, they got, they got KJ Hill back, but um, they lost three starters from the offensive line, and that's always going to be um, a learning and adjustment period there, especially at the beginning of the season. And I'm just like you. I think there's a possibility that they lose, you know, one or two quote-unquote dumb games, you know, where they lose at Purdue or, um, you know, Nebraska grinds them down. You know, and I, I think that's an up-and-coming team there in Lincoln with Scott Frost, too. So, um, yeah, I think, I think they lose one to two games that they probably shouldn't have, shouldn't have lost or wouldn't have lost with uh, Dwayne Haskins. All right, so I know we're talking months in advance, and I know that you and I both think that Michigan's in for a pretty decent season, but with the whole world on the line, do you really think that Michigan is actually going to beat Ohio State? If, if you have to do it, and you have to pick right now, can you really go to the window and say, yeah, I'm taking Michigan over Ohio State, even after everything we've just said? Yeah, as we, as we sit here in July, I would have to give... And I'm not going to give a full-throated, uh, you know, bet the house, lock of the century kind of The play. caveat, we will change it. This, you, this never existed maybe a couple of months from now. Right, right. But uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give, I'll, give a lean, I'll give a lean to Michigan. I think they've got the experience. I think they've got the coaching advantage right now. And I think, I think this is Michigan's year. Uh, so, sorry, sorry, Buckeye fans. Make sure you uh, direct uh, all your email not to me. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take the heat for it. It's okay. I'm used to it. Is that one where Ohio State benefits with that being played the last game of the year this year versus, like, if, if this were played in September, obviously it never would be, but how much does it benefit Ohio State just the just it being rivalry weekend at the end of the year and kind of knowing what they have and working out a lot of the kinks along the way? Oh, I think I think it absolutely has to benefit Ohio State the late the later in the season it goes. Just like we're talking about, you're going to have some you're going to have some rough patches at the beginning. 
as everybody kind of struggles to get on the same page. Um, you know, we haven't talked about the defense at all. Uh, you, you know, we're, we, you've got no Bosa. Of course, you didn't have him for about the last half of the last season, but you've also lost Tremont Jones, and that's kind of an underrated guy uh, that, they, that they lost off the defense as well. Um, the defense has some trouble stopping the run. They, are, uh, they were just 75th in the country last year. They averaged, uh, they gave up 4.6 yards per carry, and uh, they've, got, uh, they've got some issues at linebacker. They've got solid DBs. They've got some, they've got some studs up front. But they still are going to give up some some rushing yardage, so that uh, that may be a problem to some teams that can control the football and keep that offense off the field. All right, make the call. How many games are the, your Ohio State Buckeyes winning in the regular season this year? Ten, ten under, under eleven. Eleven is their season total. I like the under. Oh, way under. That's an easy one. That's yeah. an easy call. Yeah, seen it at eleven. Seen it at ten and a half. Either case, tens less than either of those. Appreciate the time, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. He's going under on Ohio State's win total and taking Michigan to win the Big Ten. Scott, thanks a lot. Appreciate it as always. Thanks for having me, guys.